Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know, and in today's episode, I'm going to tell you all you need to know about those exceptionally aesthetic food images that we see on social media, the what I eat in a day videos and hashtag clean eating or healthy eating recipes, because while these can be really helpful, if you don't know how to apply it to your own context and your aim is fat loss, my friend, they could actually be hindering your progress. I see this time and time again with my busy women clients, and it certainly tripped me up when I first got started on my health and fitness journey, and it is my aim to make sure that you guys have as much information as you need in order to to make those decisions and break free from that diet culture and find that food freedom. So while these videos can be really, really entertaining and offer insights into various eating habits, they're not really a reliable or effective personal strategy for losing fat for most people because these videos don't really provide the full context about a person's activity level, their metabolism, how hard they train, their age, height, weight, gender, all of those things, all of these things actually influence our own energy requirements. Now, back in the day when I was very, very frustrated, I decided to put myself on a 1200 calorie a day diet because I just picked that number out of anywhere. I didn't realize it's actually a formula to determine what your energy requirements are. And I think that I'd read that some celebrity was doing 1200 calories a day. So I decided that maybe I should do that too, based on what they looked like without having any idea how to do this or apply it in a proper context. So Monday through Friday, I put myself on these 1200 calories. I was very, very hungry, very, very tired, but whatever, it doesn't matter because I was being good and I put that in quotation marks because that's something I used to say all the time. I know people still say it today. I was being good Monday through Friday, so surely my weekends didn't count, right? Absolutely not. While I might have been staying in a very strong deficit Monday through Friday, my weekends consisted of drinks and dinner every Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. I had absolutely no idea that the amount of energy that I was consuming was definitely offsetting what I wasn't consuming Monday through Friday. So if we were to average out, you know, what I was eating over a seven day period, I was actually eating in a calorie surplus. But in my mind, because I didn't have enough education, oh, but I'm being good Monday through Friday. So my weekends don't count. Now, when we use the words I'm being good or I'm being bad when it comes to our diet choices or even particular foods, we have to end up being really cautious of how we do this. Because when you say I'm being good so I can have this, it implies that you need to be good in order to reward yourself with food. Food is not a reward system. It is fuel most of the time. Other times it can also be joy and connection. But when we start to label foods as good and bad, or we label ourselves as good and bad when we consume different foods, when we decide to take part or choose to eat a particular food that we've labeled as bad, we can sometimes insinuate that we are a bad person for doing so or that we've done something bad for eating it. And that's not true. Nothing about you changes when you decide to eat a food that you put on a restricted list for whatever reason, right? So whether you have oh, hot chips or a piece of cake in the office, you're not bad. You don't change if you eat that food. Absolutely not. So I'm a real stickler for food language, especially with all of my clients, because I don't want people to feel any sort of emotions, like especially negative ones, when they partake in eating food. There is a time and a place for all food. So I like to refer to it as everyday food and sometimes food. When you have a beautiful balanced diet, there is always a place for sometimes food and pretty much everything can be factored in when you know what your energy requirements are. However, when you see these what I eat in a day videos, 
they don't necessarily tell you or give you context that nutritional needs and requirements are highly individualized. And what works for one person won't necessarily work for another. So copying someone else's diet may not align with your specific goals, preferences, or even nutritional requirements. So when I was on this 1200 calorie a day diet, I'd seen this really strong, amazing fitness influencer who I still follow today. And I think her content is actually really, really informative and amazing. It was just my lack of education. I wasn't able to apply it directly to my situation. So she was on 2200 calories a day. It was what I eat in a day. And I remember thinking, if I look at that amount of food, I know I'm going to put on weight. Absolutely. So in my mind, I told myself, I am not eating enough. That is it. Now, the I'm not eating enough theory is very much a misconception because in majority of cases, if you aren't losing weight, it's highly likely that you're not in a calorie deficit. And it can be quite common, much like my own situation. I was in a calorie deficit Monday through Friday when I was in routine and going to work, but I was really having a big blowout on the weekends, not understanding how much energy was in those food choices. So once we averaged it out, I was never in a calorie deficit. However, if I had have applied the logic of following what this particular fitness influencer was doing and eating 2,200 calories a day, I would have been eating in a huge surplus because I didn't require that amount of energy and I didn't require the same amount of energy as her is because we had totally different body compositions, totally different training schedules, and also probably a number of genetic and physical differences as well that required her to eat that amount of energy. And that was because we were roughly around about the same height as far as I know, but she was 65 kilos, uh, very, very lean, but also had a lot of muscle mass where I was the exact opposite. I might've been about 56, 57 kilos. I had very little muscle mass and a high body fat percentage. So while I was not necessarily overweight for my height, I definitely didn't have the same amount of muscle mass. Now, muscle requires more energy or burns more energy at rest and going about our day-to-day things than, you know, than body fat. So her body required that amount of energy to either maintain her muscle mass or to continue building it if that was her goal. I didn't know what her goal was because that's not what I was interested in. I just wanted to follow what she was eating. But we also had very very different training schedules. You see, she was hitting the gym six to seven days per week. And from the looks of the other content on her Instagram, she was lifting extremely heavy weights. She was doing lots and lots of strength training. The complete opposite to pretty much what I was doing, which was maybe walking, you know, every single day and potentially taking myself to the gym and running my own sort of gym program. This was before I was a trainer. So I would have just picked up different weights and gone about my workout, not working out very intensely and potentially maybe doing like a sweat 28 minute, like body weight or hit workout, you know, strength, not strength, but resistance training workout. So our training schedules were also extremely different. I did not require the same amount of energy as this person. And unless we know that when we see those what I eat in a day videos, it can be really easy to be misled on what that person is doing, especially if their physique is entirely different and their training situation is entirely different. And it even gets deeper than that. You know, your genetics are completely different. Your metabolism is always going to be different. So the biggest thing that I can try and teach the women that I work with is that your needs are individualized. They are going to be different from your best friend, from your colleague, from the fitness influencer. And learning what your own energy requirements are based on what you're trying to achieve is one of the best things that you can do for yourself when you are trying to find that like food freedom and get off that diet merry-go-round. Because these videos are just really showcasing you a single day of eating, which may not 
represent the person's overall diet or habits. So they might show you, you know, like, oh, what I eat in a day on Saturdays and it ends up being, you know, they've got some takeaway in there and you're thinking, gosh, I don't want to have takeaway. I never allow myself to have those foods. You know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but they don't actually tell you that for the other six days of the week, they are extremely balanced with their diet. They're also making sure that they stay in deficit, they eat an abundance of vegetables. So we have to take all of these things into consideration. So the next time that you see these videos, I want you to look at it a little bit more objectively. And instead of saying, I'm going to follow what that person is doing, maybe you can look at it and go, hmm, I really enjoy or looking at maybe the types of food that person is eating. I would love to apply that to my own circumstance because you don't have to cut out certain foods from your diet in order to get results. Some people get results when they do that because it eliminates them overeating on foods they may have previously enjoyed, not in moderation. And often that can happen with, you know, um, carbohydrate rich foods or even sometimes like sugars and things like that. So when people cut them out of their diet and they're not replacing them with say fats or another source of energy, they may end up inadvertently putting themselves in to a calorie deficit because they're not allowing themselves to have a particular type of food. Now, if that person was to say, oh, I'm not eating carbohydrates, but then they replaced the same amount of energy by increasing their fat intake, they may not end up being in their calorie deficit and their body composition may not change. So there's lots of different influencing factors that we don't necessarily see on Instagram or social media because there's often a lack of context, maybe because context doesn't always get the most clicks or likes, shares or saves. So when you see a piece of maybe viral or trending content, you don't necessarily know that there is more to the story. And we know that Instagram and social media is often a bit of a highlight reel, but unless you know what your own parameters are, it's very difficult to apply what you're seeing on Instagram, whether that be with workouts or even with, you know, healthy recipes, what I eat in a day videos, it's very difficult to know how to apply that to yourself. So it all comes down in learning to understand what your own energy requirements are. Now, another thing that I often see is people looking at clean eating recipes or recipes that just have healthy in the title and thinking that is going to be a better version than the original thing. But a couple of things can happen here, my friend, speaking from personal experience. You know, there was this really, really good like viral banana bread recipe that went around years and years and years ago and actually had healthy in the title. Like it said, healthy banana bread. It was gluten-free, refined sugar-free, full of beautiful nutrient quality. However, it was very, very energy dense as well because what the recipe had done was remove the regular flour and replaced it with almond meal. One, probably to make it gluten-free, but almond meal being made from almonds, it's going to have a higher fat content than your regular flour. But because a lot of people are scared of carbohydrates, they're like, oh, I better not have that. Now, if you are obviously gluten intolerant, you need to look for gluten-free alternatives. And sometimes almond meal can provide that for you because we've got to remember context. What works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. But when we see these healthy recipes or gluten-free recipes, quite often when they have removed a specific ingredient to make it palatable and to make it work, they will have to add something else in. So with this banana bread recipe, there was also no sugar, but there was about maybe I think it was half a cup of rice malt syrup or honey. Again, that is still sugar. It's just not table sugar. So while it might have some more nutrient quality to it, it still is a form of sugar. 
So when we had this banana bread, we would make it. It was absolutely delicious and it was called healthy banana bread. So when we decided to choose to eat one of these banana breads, we didn't realize, or at least I didn't realize, and a lot of my friends were making this recipe as well, that it was the equivalent of three and a half bananas per slice. And that was before we added any sort of like butter or spread to it. And I don't think most people would sit down and eat three and a half bananas in a sitting. So instead of just consuming the food in its natural form, we thought that we were having like this healthier version of something that we enjoyed. And in terms of nutrient quality, it definitely was probably healthier than one of the banana breads that you might buy in a cafe or something like that. However, when something is presented as being healthier, quite often what that means is that we will consume more of it because we believe in the health properties of it. So say another good example that I'll often teach my clients about is health lab balls. So health lab ball, great. They are made of all natural ingredients, usually gluten-free and they're great if that's what you're looking for, if that's more of a priority for you. They do come in at about 180 calories because they are made from dates and coconut oil, maybe even some peanut butter in there as well, uh, depending on which one you buy. Now, all of those things do have nutrient properties to them. However, when you combine them all together, it can be quite a lot of energy. In fact, one health lab ball is similar to two chocolate paddle pops. So when somebody decides to have a healthier alternative to something, quite often that means that they will have more of it because they believe that it's healthier for them. Now, if your aim is nutrient quality, for sure that works. But if your aim is fat loss, you need to find the balance there because a lot of people wouldn't dream of giving themselves permission to enjoy a paddle pop because they would put that in the bad food category. As you know from the start of this podcast, I'm going to call it a sometimes food, right? Everything is fine in moderation. So when people say, oh, I wouldn't have that because that's full of sugars or whatnot, but their aim is fat loss, but they're happy to have maybe a health lab ball every day, they have to work out what is a priority to them. And without understanding what your own energy balance is, if you don't know how to factor in some of these extremely like hashtag clean eating or healthy recipes, you could be over consuming more calories than what you actually require. So it's not to say that you need to eliminate any of these foods. I definitely love when my clients want to choose a health lab ball if that's their, you know, sometimes food of choice and they're having it in a really good context. I'm all for it because they know how to factor it into their everyday diet. They know how to go, okay, well, that's this amount of energy. I know that that's going to fit into the daily energy requirements that I have in order to get XYZ goal. But when you don't know that, you could potentially be maybe consuming a health lab ball every single day of the week without realizing that that might just be the one thing that pushes you into a calorie surplus. But there's also all different alternatives. So what I like to teach my clients to do when I'm working with them is to understand what goes into a recipe and then they can either apply it in having the appropriate serving size because there's nothing wrong with, you know, a more nutritious version of a sometimes food, whether it be banana bread or protein balls or whatnot, if that is an aim. But you need to understand how much of that energy that you actually require in order to achieve your goals. Now, if somebody is trying to put on some weight, which is definitely a problem for some people, the more nutrient dense foods that might be higher in natural fats and things like that, say whether that's your coconut oils or your peanut butters is a really, really good way for them to eat excess calories in order to help them put on some body weight because you can usually get a lot of energy in a very small amount for something like a protein ball or peanut butter or coconut oil or something like that. And that is a way for somebody to increase what they're taking in without actually having to increase the volume of food. Because sometimes people do find it very difficult to eat large volumes of food when they're trying to put on some weight or put on some muscle, if that's a struggle for them. 
it can be hard to eat really large volumes of food. So what we do is we make sure that you are eating lots of energy dense foods that might come in smaller quantities. Robbie, my husband is an example of that. He's very, very lean, has a lot of uh, muscle, low body fat percentage. He can probably go through anywhere between half a kilo to a kilo of peanut butter per week and absolutely fine for him to do that. For myself, I really have to watch where um, I allocate my fats and carbohydrates because I can very easily go over my energy requirements because I have less muscle mass than him. So that's the importance of understanding what is appropriate for you, your needs and your requirements. So when you see these what I eat in a day videos or hashtag clean eating recipes or whatnot, I want you to take a little bit of a closer look and think about how do I apply this for my own circumstance? You don't have to discount those foods that you might've previously put in the bad category. You're now relabeling them to a sometimes food, but when you understand how much energy is in them, you're able to enjoy those sometimes foods a whole lot more and in moderation while still getting your results. And that's really important because if you know that no foods are off limits and you're not restricting yourself from anything, you have a lot more food freedom, you have a lot more flexibility in choice and you usually feel like you don't need to overindulge in those foods when you finally allow yourself to have them because you know that you can have those foods time and a place for everything whenever you feel like it so hopefully you found this really helpful if you've got any questions on anything like this or you've got any topics you'd like me to tackle let me know because I want to provide as much information to you as possible to help you on your health and fitness journey I don't want you to take 17 long years like I did to get to where I am now, where I'm feeling really happy, healthy, and comfortable with my body and my food choices, where I'm feeling good and I'm thriving. I want you to find it a whole lot bigger because once you get off that diet merry-go-round, it feels absolutely amazing. And knowing that you have full control over when, where, and how often you have foods is absolutely amazing. So my friend, let me know if you like this one, give it a little bit of a like or a subscribe or a little bit of a comment, just so I know what to keep making more of for you. And I will see you next week in the next episode.